everyone. I'm Lori Casto. And I'm Randall Casto. Welcome to the Creative Disorder Podcast brought to you by Wedgwood Estates, the area's premier senior residential community. Well, this week we wanted to touch on Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And I just have two scriptures, uh, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's Philippians 1, 6. And Jeremiah 29, 13, and 14. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart, and I will be found by you, and I will bring you back from your captivity. Yes, when you mentioned Jehovah Rapha, we know uh, that's a redemptive name, one of seven of the Lord God Almighty. And we find this in Exodus fifteen twenty six. And he said, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee, or I am the Lord your physician. Yes, the God who heals. And the last time we did a podcast, I we did we were talking about the God of compassion, the God of mercy, and I was thinking of my father. That brought up my father because I just, all throughout, for so many years, I feel like I saw so many miracles in my father's life. So today, I just kind of wanted to take a step back and, and look at, at some of the things that happened specifically because I want to go back about 12 years probably to 2012. And and the reason I want to bring it up is because at that time I had so many questions about healing. You know, I, growing up in the church, you know, you have so many ideas of healing and I know you have a lot of ideas about healing. And I just, I just, everyone's different. Yeah. Everybody's different. And and that's okay that everyone's different. And, but in my own mind, when I would see my dad go through things, I'd be like, I'd have some questions about it and not so much that God could heal, but just just some different things about that that I was so confused and unsure about. And so I wanted to take a look back, and I wanted to uh, start the story here. Back uh, in about 2012, I believe it was, we went on a trip with yes. my parents. It was their 50th wedding anniversary. Bali Beach. Yeah. And at that time, my dad got some sort of little scab on his toe. And for a year, and so you have to kind of see this picture for a whole year. My dad is diabetic. So diabetics have a tendency to lose blood flow to the extremities of the body. And so. And that's what heals. Yeah. And that's what, and that's what heals. And so for a year, tirelessly, you know, he would go to the doctor, the foot doctor, and they would do all these things to try to get this little tiny thing to heal. It was just so tiny. And you would think with all of us, it would be so easy for this little scab to heal. Didn't stay tiny. It, no. And it just kept getting bigger. And the, the, he even went through a hyperbaric chamber where they put you in there and they put all oxygen through your body to get that blood to flow. I mean, just all these different things they tried. And throughout that year, they kept saying, or we kept hearing that, oh, he's, you're going to have to have an amputation up to the knee. And we heard that many times, many times throughout that year. And my dad just adamantly did not want an amputation up to his knee. It was just something he just didn't want to have. So it all came to a head. I believe it was Christmas night. Uh, My sister asked to see his toe. Well, turned out it had gone into gangrene. His toe had turned black. And so he had to be put into the hospital. And he spent... I think eight days in the hospital and I think they amputated the one toe 
at that time. And we even asked the doctor, well, it, because they were saying they were going to have to amputate to the knee, and you recall, and you can recall, recall this conversation that when we went out of the room, when they said they were going to have to amputate to the knee, and I asked the doctor a question, and, and I said, if they amputate to the knee, can he have a prosthetic leg put on? Do you remember that? Oh, I do, because at, right at that time, we were looking at the Olympics where that one runner had an amputation, and he was... He was running in the Olympics with with that with the with the prosthetic. Yeah. Do you remember what the doctor said? Yeah, age related complications that he just wouldn't walk again. He yeah. said he said this guy the, the guy in the Olympics is a young he's young and he's strong, he's an athlete and so he's able to compensate for that, but you know, like your father's age it just doesn't happen. Yeah, and when he said that, when he said that, oh no, your father he wouldn't qualify for that because he just wouldn't be able to 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 do it. And I thought to myself, you don't know my dad. (laughs) Because we as kids, you know, even adult kids, we think the world of our parents, you know, we don't see them as elderly or senior citizens. We see them as our parent that is quite capable and quite able. And I was so shocked when I heard, well, you want to amputate to his knee, but you don't want to give him a prosthetic. And, And I was a little frustrated, a lot frustrated. I think all of us as siblings, we were exhausted. It had been a year of exhausting every every possibility of what we could do and what he could do to get this toe healed. So here we were at a hospital for eight days, and I don't think they I think they just uh, I think they just took the one toe. But then we took him to OSU. We made a decision as a family to send him to OSU. And there, I believe, now some of this could be wrong because it's been right, like, the timing of it. yeah, it's been several years ago now, but they went ahead and they amputated all of his toes and this happened and we were all totally exhausted. It had been eight days at one hospital and now we were at another hospital. We had been praying for healing. We were exhausted. We haven't, hadn't slept in a long time. Right. And the key to healing those toes is to have blood flow down to that amputation spot to, so that they scab up and heal. And they just weren't seeing that once, you know, they weren't seeing that, were they? No, they, they were cutting they sure into weren't. his leg and not seeing it. No, they weren't seeing any of that. And here we were, he had bandages on his foot and they gave him a 20% chance. <laughs> I remember, excuse me, I remember my sister and I in the room with my dad and they gave my dad like a 20% chance that when they removed those bandages, that there would actually be blood and that he would be able to, to not have to have up to his knee amputated. And I remember uh, talking to my dad, my sister was in the room and she said, dad, what do you want to happen? And he said, I just don't want to have the amputation to my knee. And my sister had to say, you know, but we've run out of options here and they're going to look and they're going to have to amputate up to your knee if, if they don't see anything. And it like, it literally was going to happen. And we're all trying to talk him through this. And I just felt the anguish in him. You know, I can't explain it, but I just felt this anguish in him and this sadness and this, like, almost a fear. And he, he just didn't want to have it happen. Of course not. And I was exhausted. I couldn't pray anymore. I, I was just, there was nothing left. And then what happened? Well, they made the decision that the next day they were going to, they were going to cut his, his, they were going to amputate to the knee. Because uh, um, I remember, as I remember, they made that decision. They were going to amputate to the knee, 
and it was going to take place the next day. And we, is this where you want me to pick yes, up? Yes, oh, yeah. sure. We were, we were going to drive down there and be with him. So we were in, in the car, and, you know, we, I was just in general prayer, just quietly to myself. And <laughs> it's very interesting because, you know, you, you begin praying, but as you really start focusing in on the Word of God, and and what he says in in his word and and you see you know you know of Isaiah fifty three four and five where you know the the Lord <laughs> he, 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 there's healing in the atonement and 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 it's just a wonderful wonderful passage of scripture where he he bore our sicknesses and, and our diseases and by his stripes we were healed and these scriptures were just going over in my mind and I was kind of just saying them to myself and just beginning to praise the Lord around these scriptures because that's that's how I ad- address these kind of things because you know you just have to keep your your eye on the word. Uh, Peter I'll just use an example. Peter was in the boat and he got the word of God to walk on the water. Jesus said come. And so he was a doer of the word and he got out and he began to walk and he was walking on the water. But then, and I know it, it would be impossible, I think, for anyone to, to not look at the wind. I'm not criticizing Peter. He actually walked on the water. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he became, became afraid. And, and, and that's when he took his eye off Jesus, the living word. And so my, just taking from that, I just start focusing in on the word of God. And as, and as I was doing that, two scriptures kept coming up inside of me. And it, they're found in Romans, and you might not even think of that, but it just it made sense to me. And it said, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And that's that his leg was 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 dying. I mean, because yeah, it did yeah. not have blood. And I'm like saying, ah, and I'm like saying, yes, you've made John free from that kind of death in that leg. And I just know that that leg is alive. And then the, the scripture, Romans eight eleven. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. And I started and I just keyed in on that. And I said, Lord, the, the spirit of God, the, the spirit that raised John from the dead dwells in John and, you, and, and, and will make alive this leg. And I started getting excited and I was, you know, Lori was praying herself and, and I didn't want to disturb, but I just kept, I just kept personalizing these verses. Yes, thank you, Father God, just in praise and worship. Thank you for making that leg alive, that that blood is flowing because your spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in him. Well, your spirit dwells and, in yeah. him. And, and you I know, just kept going over. Right. But the thing about it is, I think a key thing here, it's so important to say is that I was exhausted. I was completely exhausted. I can't speak for everybody else, but I just know I was totally exhausted and honestly really couldn't pray. I had been praying. I was believing. I was praying. I was doing everything there was in me was exhausted. Every, everything was exhausted. And then God used you then to continue in the prayer. Right. And it just, I just, I just kept using those words, that scripture over and over. And, and I just kept getting more excitement in my, in my inner being until it was like the verse in, in, in First Peter, where it says you believe even though you haven't seen, and you love Jesus even though you haven't seen, and what do you have? Joy unspeakable, full of glory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. and that's what happened. It's I will start laughing, and I, I, you know, I, or, you know, I was just trying to be quiet, and but I was literally full of glee inside because it just it just dawned on me that that this word is true, and this is this was very going to be very true in, in John, and that that leg was made alive. It just it the the revelation of it just manifested itself in my heart. Just to just an abundant joy that I knew that I knew that I knew. Yeah, and but, I, and, but I'd kept all this in because you know people were they were praying and, and well, and, 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 the, and they were getting ready to do the surgery. Yeah, and that, that's when we walked. That was all while I was driving, and I I'm have a heart of expectation at this point. So go ahead. Well, and they just said they just said they were going to have to do it. Right, you know, they said in. there's a slight chance, but when our last conversation was with Dad was that you. Probably when you wake up, you're probably not going to have up to your knee. They're probably going to have to have done the amputation. I mean, that's where we were. This is we're we're talking about last minutes. We're talking about hours before this surgery was going to take place. And see, I hadn't shared any of this, and and I I walk in there, and they're starting to talk about prepping him and the you know the family members talking about oh we're going ahead with the amputee and I'm like thinking no no and I just I left I left the room <laughs> and I I think I went up three or four floors to another lobby and I just said Lord I know you showed me this I know you showed me this lead them in a way that they don't take that leg I know that leg is healed I know that he's going to be able to keep that leg because but you have to understand at that point we there was nothing we could do no no that's there, that's there exactly right that, that the family yeah. could do. and I was like let that doctor no, the, do do not let him cut that leg, and and I just I was just interceding like that the whole time until I just kind of felt a relief, and I came down and then tell me, I think well, I missed it. I think when I came down, you well, you, you, what you shared the news. Was, what happened was, and, it, and it's I I wanted to run around this building that he was in was a tall round building, and the doctor called us in and said that there was blood. Yes. And <laughs> the I, life of the flesh is in the blood. <laughs> I, I think my mom and I were in the room with my dad. He said, this I, is interesting, right? He said, this is, this is interesting. And he said, I'm tickled. I'll never forget <laughs> the words. He said, I'm tickled. He said, there's blood. And I said, what do we do now? <laughs> and he said, well, you go home and you let the healing process do what it does. And I didn't, you know, and I, at that moment, through the witnessing of the Holy Spirit, I knew that my dad was healed. Okay, I knew it. I wanted to run around the building. I wanted to shout it from the mountaintop. I wanted to let everybody know that my dad was healed. Yes. Um, he had blood, and I was so excited about this. And days later, he came actually here to Wedgwood. And he was in a room. My mom, He and my mom were in a room together. And I got a call. Um. Like a one o'clock, I can't remember. It was late, late in the night, and the nurse said, "Your dad is crying out. He is moaning, crying out, and I can't give him any more pain meds." And so I came, and I, I mean, this this always gets me just just inside my heart. I just get sad because he's over there just wailing out and all I could do, there was no pain meds I could give him. There was nothing that I could do. And I went in and I put my hand on his foot and I just began to pray. And that's when the Lord gave me a second inner witness from the Holy Spirit. So he gave me the first inner witness. He gave you an inner witness. 
He gave me an inner witness when the bandages came off. And then this second time when he was here at Wedgwood and I was praying with him, that's when the Lord gave me the scripture in Philippians, he who began a good work is faithful to complete it. Exactly right. And I knew then, he, we prayed and that night he just stopped. He just stopped. Yeah, he just leveled out. And everything calmed down. And he went home a week later. And now this is where I really want to, I hope people can stick with all this because this is where my, this is where I learned some lessons and it's the after effect. And so he went home to his home and he began the healing process. And I got to tell you, it was six months, six long months when we found out and we had an inner witness from the Holy Spirit that he was healed till the actual healing took place. The actual healing took place. And I have to say that because that was a tough six months. And during that six month period of time, there were so many lies from the devil and here they were. God really didn't tell you he was healed. You were just really excited. They saw blood. That was the number one. Oh, he's lie. the father of lies. Oh yeah. And because two months after this wonderful healing occurred, you know, all the, you can call it adrenaline, you can call it whatever you want, but as time goes on, your mind sort of wants to forget what actually happens and how God did the healing. So the lie was God really didn't tell you he was healed. You were just really excited that they saw blood. And the next, the next lie, you are going to look really foolish when he has to go through another amputation. You're just going to look foolish telling everyone that he's been healed and then another lie, you've, you're giving false hope. And this is really the tough one from the devil. You're giving false hope to your dad. And that's not fair to give him this, this false hope that he's been healed when they are just going to have to amputate anyway. Yeah, he's a meanie. Yeah, and so I was giving all those lies were going through my head. And you know what I had to do? The more often I would hear the lie... I would just have to say, someone would say to me, how are you, Lori? Oh, I'm fine. My dad is healed. <laughs> and I would just go through the whole story. And I kept having to press in and kept having to press in. Every time one of those lies, those fiery darts, those, those lies from the devil came, I had to say, he's healed. Yes. And I had to go around to people. And I think they thought and you I was were. Crazy. You're giving the testimony. I was giving the testimony to everybody. In fact, um, Maria, and her teacher, her preschool, her old preschool teacher asked me to come in and speak. And she's, I said, what do you want me to speak on? And she said, whatever you want. And so I brought healing into it. And I talked yes. about my dad. And I even right. told preschoolers about my dad's healing. Yeah. And the louder the devil was, the louder I had to press in and say he was healed. Yeah. And that's exactly scriptural. If you look in Revelation 12, um, it, there's a, there, it's a war in heaven where Satan gets kicked out of the heavenly places. But it goes on to describe him as the accuser of the brethren, which is just what he was doing and, and giving lies and, 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 and saying falsehoods about, about John. And then, but it says in, in the, right in that passage of scripture how the saints overcome. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And so 
we had the we had the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed in His atonement for us, and and, and the, the healing that comes from His wonderful His His His, sub, his substitutionary work for us, and in His sacrifice. And then Lori just kept giving the word of her testimony, the word of her testimony, and that's and that that brings victory. It does, and and I can tell you, and you the my dad Stacy asked what my dad's desire was. His desire was that he could walk again. His desire was that he didn't have to have that amputation happen. And God blessed that. That's what his heart desire was. And God used doctors. God used prayers. God used everyone around him to see that through. And he was able for four and a half years to walk, to walk. I remember it was just, I remember I thought the day that we took them on spring break and we had him at Clearwater Beach and there he was shoeless in the sand where the water's coming up and he had a foot and yes, he didn't have his toes, but he is on his foot enjoying, enjoying the Gulf of Mexico with that, with that leg that was preserved. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, you, when you saw him from here and now you see him here where he, where he can enjoy the beach without any kind of a shoe or, or anything else. It's just wonderful. Yeah. And it's amazing that, you know, God is a God of miracles, Jehovah Rapha. And I guess the only reason I want to share this story is because I don't listen to the father of lies. Don't let the devil, don't let people, don't let the world talk you out of a miracle. God will meet you where you are. And I just, and that's the biggest thing that God taught me in all of this was when I was struggling with all this idea of healing, when I, and not that I didn't know he could heal, but the thing that he taught me the most was, Lori, I'm going to meet you where you are. You're not perfect. You don't have every right belief. You don't, but I'm going to meet you where you are, but you're going to have to seek me. When you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found by you. And that's, that's just, a good one. There, when you think there's no hope, press harder. Read the word, seek him more. God's timing is perfect timing. Find people who will agree with you in Jesus' name. And I think that's so important. You've got to block out this You've got to block out that. You've got to block out everything and focus in on Jesus and focus in on his word and don't let the world, don't let the devil talk you out of a miracle. Yeah, that's exactly what, if you read, it's in Isaiah, um, where Hezekiah, he'd gotten and did some things. If you read the other, uh, I think in Chronicles, he had some pride issues. But anyway, Isaiah, the Lord told Isaiah and Isaiah said, you're going to die prepared to die. And what did I, what did Hezekiah do? He turned his face to the wall and just sought the Lord. He, he turned, put away all distractions. He, the greatest prophet ever <laughs> uh, at that time. And he just turned away from him and turned to the wall and made his petition to the Lord. And the Lord, the Lord granted him 15 more years. Praise God. And you, you know, just, you got to get rid of the distractions. Yeah. And in my mind's eye, I could see Jesus outside my dad's door. Praying to the Father. Yes. And it's like the Lord says this, because, see, we exhausted as humans. We exhausted for a year trying to figure out 
by doctors what to do to get this to heal, this little wound to heal. We did everything. The doctors did everything. We took him to every doctor. My sister took him to every doctor. Every, everything was exhausted that direction. We're in the hospital for eight days. Everything there was exhausted. So we went to a new, do- a new hospital. Everything there was exhausted. There was nothing that any man could do. And it's like Jesus said, well, now look, everything humanly is exhausted. Now let me show you what I can do. That's right. (laughs) And it just makes me happy. And it makes me, I guess, you know, even if this is just for me and nobody else hears, it's kind of like my dad's picture. I have to, I had to go through this again because I had to be reminded about my God the Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And so faithful. And he is so faithful. And it only can come, I think, sometimes when we've exhausted every human thing there is to do. Uh-huh. And then he says, wait a minute. Look, you've exhausted everything. Now let me show you what I can do. That's right. And... Uh, that's all I wanted to really share today. That's all I got. It's, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> well, praise God. And I just, I want to say those verses again, being confident in this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it. He's faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's Philippians 1, 6. And then in Jeremiah 29, 13 and 14, it says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all, with all of your heart. With all of your heart, I will be found by you, and I will bring you back. I will bring you back from your captivity. That's awesome. Praise God. And thank you for listening about the Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. You've been listening to the Created to Soar podcast, brought to you by Wedgwood Estates in Mansfield, the area's premier senior residential community. 